I think what happened was I just got tired of running, of chasing the next thing. I mean, looking back, I'm not even sure how I got trapped in the corporate rat race to begin with. When I was a kid, my family lived a rural, simple life in the mountains of North Georgia. We had pigs, a large garden, and my grandfather built the house from trees he felled and milled himself. We ate meals together, all home-cooked, of course, and actually had conversations. Folks in our area, they had simple jobs. Bank tellers, clerks, mechanics, builders, salespeople, that kind of thing. Things you could understand. But as I entered my high school years, I started dreaming of what else there was. And, like many kids who just don't know how good they have it, I started rejecting that simplistic lifestyle. I wanted something more. And I didn't have the patience to wait for it. So, right after graduating high school, I left the hills and moved to the big city, Hot Atlanta. And at first, I did what most others did. I went to college. But I dropped out after the first year, even though I had a golf scholarship. And that was back when I had dreams of becoming a professional golfer. But instead, I took a job at minimum wage, tossing mailbags for a direct marketing company. Minimum wage was $3.67 an hour, and I was on cloud nine. But without a college degree, I started working 60 to 80 hours a week to educate myself. Now, I only got paid for 40 hours a week, but I hung around the office, the executive suites, just learning what I could. And it started paying off. By the time I was 23, they made me vice president of a Fortune 500 division. I mean, I had 200 employees under me, and I liked that feeling of responsibility, of recognition. And I kept moving up the corporate ladder, becoming president of that same division when I was only 25. I held that position for nine years. Then, I did the same thing I did in college. I up and quit, walking away from that Fortune 500 firm at the top of my corporate game. It didn't make a lot of sense on paper or to others, but what I wanted was freedom. Now, at that time in my life, freedom meant starting my own business rather than working for someone else. So I bootstrapped my own marketing services business. I didn't have much money to start with, but I accepted all those credit card offers they kept sending my way in the last year of my corporate job. Now, in the first year of my new business, I maxed out all those credit cards to set up office, buy computer servers, front early employee salaries, and whatnot. And I went without a salary. But within five years, my little startup grew from just me to 450 employees. We had offices in six countries, and Inc. Magazine even named us the 130th fastest growing company in America. And I was on an airplane constantly. So even with this so-called success, there was a problem. And for me, it was a big one. And that is, business had become so intricate that I had trouble explaining to anyone what our company actually did. And it bothered me that I couldn't explain to my mom or a child what I did for a living. So after some soul searching, I realized the corporate dream I had been pursuing for so long wasn't gratifying. It paid well, but it was capable of sucking the soul right out of you if you weren't careful. And I recognized where I was headed. So once again, I changed course. I just walked away from it all. The constant travel, the traffic, the cubicles, the money, all of it. 
something was calling me, and that something was a more simple, honest, and gratifying lifestyle. Now, in 2006, after absorbing Food, Inc., The Omnivore's Dilemma, and other books and films about the problems with industrial farming methods, animal welfare, and the modern food system, my wife Liz and I wanted to do something to improve it. So we bought 126 acres in rural Georgia and started a farm. We produced grass-fed beef and lamb, pastured chicken, and free-range pork. We didn't let the fact that we knew nothing of farming or the fact that neither of us grew up on a farm, stop us. We were just too drawn to do something with meaning. Along the way, I learned to make award-winning artisan cheese that families bought at Whole Foods and other stores. And on farm tours, the kids were mesmerized when I magically turned hundreds of gallons of liquid milk into solid cheese. So I could explain to the kids and to their parents, hey, I'm a farmer, I'm a cheesemaker. And they finally got what I did. Now, it wasn't financially rewarding, but it was fulfilling. And with the birth of our daughter in 2012, we wanted to maximize the time we shared with her. So we sold that farm business and adopted an even more simplistic lifestyle. One similar in many ways to how I grew up, except with a nicer house and modern conveniences, like internet. Anyway, Liz and I made a commitment to homeschool our daughter, Maisie. That meant any income we earned would have to come from a home-based or online business. Now, while Liz does more of the homeschool heavy lifting than I do, Friday is my day to handle all the teaching. Maisie and I kick off our Friday homeschool classes by visiting our gratitude tree. Now, this is a tree I painted on the wall in my office. It had only bare branches to start with. But I cut out a bunch of colored papers in the shape of leaves, and then each Friday morning, Maisie and I discuss what we're feeling grateful for. The idea for this is, of course, to instill a sense of gratitude in my daughter, to help her to realize how truly fortunate we are at all times, even when we don't get that toy we want. After figuring out what she's feeling grateful for that morning, Maisie writes it on a leaf and tapes it to the wall. Now that we've just completed third grade, we have a wall full of beautiful expressions of gratitude from the year. And one of the things I wanted to teach Maisie in my time with her is to have the skills and confidence to become an entrepreneur. Not that I necessarily want her to become that. It's fine with me if she gets a job, goes to college or whatever. I just want her to have the skills, confidence, and education to give her the freedom to choose her path. And so it was one winter morning in early 2021 that we started our school day by brainstorming ideas for a business we could start as a family. I created a simple 10-question fill-in-the-blank business plan, perfect for a third grader. Our mission that day? To come up with a business idea that we could present to mom. A business where we could work together as a family. And my secret objective was to have it be a long-term business where I could guide Maisie along the path of learning the skills to conceive, launch, and run a business over the coming years. In retrospect, it's fortunate that we did this exercise just after finishing the gratitude tree that morning. Because brainstorming business ideas can be daunting. But that day, Maisie and I were discussing how truly joyful, how happy we feel when we express gratitude. So we asked each other, 
is there a way we can spread this feeling of gratitude to others? To help others feel this happy, as happy as we almost always feel. Maisie started working on the business plan. Now, of course, I guided her, but I was proud of how much she came up with. We settled on the idea of launching an apparel brand, basically a t-shirt brand, with messages of kindness, joy, and gratitude. When we presented the idea to mom that morning, she loved it. But the best part for me was seeing how proud she was of Maisie, how grateful she was that Maisie was having this experience. With Liz's input, we decided our slogan would be spreading gratitude by wearing gratitude. And thus, our new company, Gratitude Garb, was born. So, what have I learned about myself from sharing this story? Well, I've learned that the secret to happiness isn't a secret. It's simplicity. It's simply focusing on the here and now, on what's right in front of you, and on what's important. Fancy things, career advancement, more money, it's not those things. It's family, friends, nature, and love. Early in my career, my biggest dream was probably to be a success of some sort. A successful golfer, a successful businessman, I don't know, a successful something. Looking back, I believe my goal of being a success was the right goal. But I spent many years measuring the wrong things. I was measuring quantity. Number of deals closed, amount of money earned, number of promotions, number of places visited, and so on. My biggest dream is probably still to be a success, but I measure that now qualitatively. Of being a completely present and loving father. An attentive and loving husband. Of maximizing every moment I have with my family every day of living with a sense of deep gratitude for how fortunate I was to be born at this moment in history, to live in a world with such abundance, such convenience, such opportunity. Gratitude Garb is a tiny business. It's nothing like the corporate world I left years ago. But it gives me pure joy to work alongside my family with a mission of spreading gratitude of helping others to also realize how fortunate they are and to spread that gift as far and wide as we can. By the way, if you want to see a picture of our gratitude tree or even a copy of that business plan that Maisie created, they're both in the blog section at gratitudegarb.com. Whatever your dreams are, don't lose sight of how fortunate you are to even be free to dream, to live in a time and place where so many dreams are even possible to pursue. And live each day of your life with gratitude. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.